you're listening to Peak One Sports. What's going on, everybody? And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Sports Page on the Peak One Sports Network. I'm Ashton here with Dan. Chris could make it with us today. Work issues, no big deal. Um, and we are here to bring you this week's episode. What's going on, Dan? How's it going, bro? Man, I think I'm going to get on a tangent here. And, and no one's going to disagree with me. Um, but we might be coddling the next generation a little more than we should be. And, and I get that's oh. how things go. You every you look at every generation before us it gets harder and harder and harder and sure. you know, what's that phrase good times make weak men weak men make bad times bad times make strong men and strong men make good times or whatever yeah there's just times. a cycle and i feel like i it really is i don't coddle my kids a lot i mean as a millennial parent i i'm sure i'm pretty rough on my kids but in in essence i'm probably pretty soft on my kids uh but i know i had to go pick up my kid from school because he got stung by a wasp and well he got he's six it's not like you know my 15 year old got stung or whatever yeah uh uh, no no but this is the first time he ever got stung by a wasp so sure but he got stung at recess he went to the nurse and then went back to class but the teacher could tell he was still having issues so sent him back to the nurse and she called for us to come pick him up it's not like it was our our idea to go pick him up, but I was sure. like, all right, I'll go pick him up, whatever. And then I was thinking, I feel like if I would have got stung by a wasp at school, my parents would have just said, you're fine. Now, Right. I would have gotten an ice cube and I would have been sent on my yeah, way. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah, if my right. mom watches this, she'll probably have different ideas of that and <laughs> right. say, no, you're a baby my or parents. something like that. Like, no, you would have, right. whatever. I, I don't know. Um, I think I... Uh, exaggerate how hard it was for me being disciplined although my parents did a great job of disciplining me disciplining me right uh, but i might have exaggerated it at some point my memory might not be all there but yeah that's sure yeah, yeah comment down below no, what would you do in that situation yeah. no i mean it's definitely one of those things um i mean i mean pretty much like you said the times have just been changing but it's it's one of those things honestly you know, kind of like as a coach and everything, it, it's kind of one of those topics of discussion. I feel like I've had a lot and you kind of talk about, you know, like everybody wants to be a winner, but not everybody wants to do what it takes to win. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and that's, I feel like that's a, a part of it, just kind of a little bit of a generational thing. Um, well, know, I don't, I don't necessarily have any kids or anything, but I've, I've coached my, my fair share and whatnot. And, I, I kind of agree, I guess, in yeah. the sense that like it doesn't it doesn't feel like kids have the same kind of grit and tenacity to get over uh, an obstacle. Um, <clears throat> even some of the small ones kind of hinder them up quite a bit. But well, not to get too know. deep before, he, but he's young yeah. before the cocktail hour. But uh, <laughs> like my wife and I disagree sometimes. I think sometimes she's a little more, you know, a lot more easy on our kids, and and we'll go back and forth. I'm not getting into the details. Uh, and then I've talked with my brother-in-law about this. He's like, yeah, she's way too easy. And it's like, well, it's, it's not that big a deal. If I thought like our kids 
in the end would be negatively affected by it. Like, yeah, she could sure. be a little more strict. I think we're we're in that that range where most people are pretty good parents. And, you know, whether you spank your kid, don't spank your kid, you know, getting onto those little things, as long as you're within like that range, I can get this on, you know, um, that spectrum where your kid's not going to grow up to be an asshole. Right. Or your kid's not going to grow up to, you know, resent their parents, you know, beating them or whatever like that. Right. I I think you're doing okay. And I'm the last person to tell anybody like you should be doing this with your kids. You should be doing that. I've seen how kids I I, I've grown up with kids that just act terrible. My parents are like, don't go hang out with them, whatever. And I know them now through social media and they grew up to be fine. Um, Every kid's different. There's not one thing. I mean, it's not like we're doing anything that would, you know, you ask your average person, maybe we're being soft on our kids, but it just depends who you ask, I guess. But you know, yeah, but I mean, it's also it's also one of those things like, like in order to learn patience, you know, like you have to be put in situations where you have to be patient. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I feel and, like I'm very patient. And like as a parent, like that's kind of your your job. But it, yeah, but it, I can also understand like as a teacher and coach, it can sometimes be hard to like sit back and like let a student or a kid struggle and like, oh man, you want to. You want to be there so bad. But I heard this very recently, and I, I thought this was great. I thought this was a, a great thing. But being a parent is just like being a coach uh, in the sense that, like, you can advocate for the kids. You can teach them. You can show them the right way and everything. But you just can't get on the field. You just you can't get on the field, coach. It's just not your it's not your place. Yeah. But you yeah. can you can do everything else for them. But you got to you got to you got to let the players play. Yeah. Um, yeah. To an extent, like it's good to let them you know deal with stuff like that where um they're gonna deal with that whether you like it or you can shelter your kids and whatever but i like would like to know or like to think that when my kids face something for the first time whether it's serious or not that we're there as that protective net you don't want the first time your kid gets chewed out by somebody to be his boss and his first job and he can't, you know, mentally handle it. Like I'll get chewed out at work or whatever. And yeah, it's, it, 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 nobody likes to get yelled at, but I've played sports all my life and I know you get yelled at. Okay. Whatever. It's, you know, I, I I would tell my wife, like she, she got upset before about something where, um, I don't even remember, but I brought up the fact like, man, whatever, like it, it's fine. But, you know, when I was in sixth grade, I'm pretty sure I got cussed out by a coach and my wife is like, well, I would be up there yelling at him. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a normal reaction. You know, sure. sixth graders probably shouldn't be getting cussed out by their coach. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I'm fine when I get, you know, cussed out. I, if anything, it perks me up more and, you know, there's a reason your, your, your boss yells at you or whatever, oh, yeah. sometimes not necessarily, but, um, I don't want our kids to be, you know, living, you know, living on their own or doing this or that when they were experienced something like that for the first time. So that's, yeah, that's good when you face adversity in a situation yeah, and you and great if you can cry, get over it and you're good or, you know, just come to your parents and say, man, I, that sucked. I, I don't know if I can handle that again. Like, that's okay. We can work on that uh, yeah. rather than, but, but yeah, we're, we're getting off on a big tangent we can start (laughs) our own parenting podcast just Uh, love your kids 
Yeah, love your kids. Yeah, as long as you treat them resp- with respect, love them, don't beat them, don't just let them right, run yeah. out in the middle of the street. I feel like it's going to be okay one way yeah. or the other. They'll be all right. Uh, kids make, are resilient. You know? Very, very resilient. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the follow button. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, and this episode is brought to you by Betalytics. Don't bet with your gut. Check out Betalytics and get help making your picks using their AI algorithm. Use promo code PEAK1 for 25% off. When you sign up today, go to betalytics.com to start betting smarter. Now, we have a little announcement to make uh, about content that's coming up here in about, what is it, a week and a half, Super Bowl Sunday. We are going to be hosting a uh, Peak One Super Bowl pregame show. We don't have a, a, a big sponsor for it yet, so that may change the Super Bowl big game pregame show something like that can't use super bowl and ads but right now it's a super bowl pregame show uh as far as i know every person whatever you want to call them host person whatever is going to be on that's involved with peak one um and we're gonna have people jumping on and off doing you know having little bits that they're talking about you're gonna be on there dan tony ross chris cole all of cole's guys uh, it's going to be fun. So, and we're going to do that live, a live pregame yeah. Super Bowl show here on Peak One. Um, and awesome. yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, definitely tune in and listen. Uh, we're going to do it a, a couple hours before. So, even if you can't watch live, you have a chance to watch before the actual Super Bowl starts. Uh, and that Super Bowl, as we just saw this past weekend, it's going to be the Chiefs and the 49ers. So, no logo controversy. No I don't know. logo controversy. Unless I, I've seen a few because there's been a lot of TikTok influencers, whatever you want to call them, that have been milking this hard. And I saw one say, look, guys, we did it. The NFL changed its script because they knew. And I was like, come on, man. Come on. Just, I mean, you just know, delete maybe. your video like everybody else because you were wrong. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts? Honestly, it was, it was show? fun it was fun leading up to that whole thing with the controversy because it seems so close, especially with the 49ers and the Ravens. And, and you could even bring it with it. It was like, man, you could even kind of say it if it was the lions and the, and the chiefs because purple, red and blue. Like I, I saw that coming from a mile away. I'm like, if the lions win, it's lions and chiefs. They're going to be saying, look, look, it's purple. It's, you know, right. but you know, there, there's no question now, you know, whether I know this yeah. didn't change. If, if you legitimately thought the Super, I mean, the NFL was rigged or scripted, um, then this didn't change your mind or anything. You just oh, for sure. I'm, I'm sure if you subscribe to that particular, you know, uh, conspiracy theory or whatever, you're like, I don't think this has sold you on the fact that it's not scripted or anything just yet. But not that it's but, you know not rigged to an extent. I think I've talked about it before. I can buy that, you know, the NFL, Vegas gambling is, is much more prevalent. And are there situations where refs make some decisions to change the, not necessarily the outcome of the game intentionally, maybe, but I, I've seen like, hey, they're going to win anyways, let them kick a field goal. So, you know, the spread holds up or whatever. I, right. sure, we can talk that all day. But when you're saying it's scripted, I'm just saying there's, the whole too, there's season, too much yeah. involved. There's too many components too many players like you're telling me that you that that's the best yeah, the way everybody would have to 
to be on board and, and, and the refs can't the, no the refs can't control it that much like there's lots of situations where yeah that call cost them the game but they also had to be at that point you you had to trust them to not be up by 20 you had to the ref you had to put yeah. it in the ref's hands that's why i'm saying it's not scripted like you know wwe or anything like that but no. you know no, we, can, we, we can have conversations on future episodes about oh no i mean it's fun to entertain but i totally agree because i i just i can't see there's too much money involved for nfl for sure but really the big thing for me is like how do you script like big plays honestly right off the top of my head is something like how do you script something like odell beckham catching that ball one-handed over his head in the end zone yeah you don't you can't script that you know what i mean and in all honesty it's like even if you were like okay like on this play I don't know. T Higgins is going to get like a 40 yard reception. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, he still has to catch that ball. And, and my thing is if they have, you know, Burrow still has to throw to, him that ball, you know, like if they just, have teams, they need to, you know, for financial reasons to be in certain situations, why would they have, why wouldn't they have the Cowboys in more Super Bowls? you know, ratings right, galore. Yeah. You think the chiefs and Taylor Swift versus the Dallas Cowboys in their first Super Bowl in almost three decades. You don't think that's gonna, you know, be the biggest range of all time? Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I can buy that they wanted the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm sure the NFL has its favorites, like Taylor Swift. Sure. You know, we're gonna hear. I bet you there's gonna be things you can bet on in Vegas. Like, is Taylor Swift gonna be at the game first of all? Taylor How many Swift times are gonna yeah. show Taylor Swift? Uh, I we've heard rumors about Kelsey retiring. Is he gonna propose to Taylor Swift if they win or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's so much going into this. Uh, I, yeah, I can't, I can't buy that it's scripted, but uh, right. I, I like the, but, the I mean, conversation. It's, it's still entertaining to, to talk about. Conspiracy theories are always fun to talk about. Like, yeah. Cause they'll say, well, it makes sense, the but they always make sense. You know, that's what makes a conspiracy right. theory popular. Right. It, it makes sense. Uh, but no logo controversy. Um, we might talk about that a little bit in the pregame show if we have time, because it, yeah. it, it goes deeper than you think. It's like almost every yeah, single right. year. And and really, if you point it out, I mean, it's not as crazy as you would think. I mean, how many color variations are there? Whereas no, we almost had two say. different, yeah. like, it's not likely, but we almost had two different options that you could kind of say, look, see, red, blue, red, purple, whatever. That When you're talking yeah. about red, purple, green, yellow, and blue or something. But or orange. Oh, if you were to use red and blue, you'd cover half the league. Yeah, and like I'm just saying, it's easy to pick out things like that. Our minds right. are designed to saying. do something like that. But yeah. you know, not to blend. You know, I, I'll have the conversation and I'll put my two cents in. But I'm not going to call you an idiot if if you think there's no, no. there's I mean, something it's, to it's it. It's still fun. It's still fun though. Uh, so Chiefs Ravens. What uh, other than the Ravens just looking like they did not want to win that game? What what stuck out to you at that at that game? Man, Kansas City's defense really kind of dominated that whole game. Um, it started off well. Uh, Kansas City scored. Baltimore went down and scored right after. Um, I honestly thought we were in for like a competitive game. Yeah. Who would have thought the Ravens wouldn't score another touchdown? Um, the Chiefs' defense was able to just disrupt uh, Lamar Jackson enough in the backfield that he wasn't able to really get any rhythm going. He didn't run as much as I thought he should have. He, he should have been scrambling more, uh, to yeah. be honest. And then, man, the the biggest mistakes, I think, that really, like, set 
the Ravens on their downhill, and then they just kind of quit after that. Uh, Zay Flowers making those enormous rookie mistakes. Like, man, you make a 30-yard play and it gets called back 15 yards because you got to stand over Sneed and flex on him and spin yeah. the ball on his chest and everything. That was so foolish. And then, you know, you follow that up by, you know, honestly, I just thought he got greedy because he made the big play and caught the ball at the one, two yard line. Yeah. And then he tries to stretch it out over the, the goal line. It was like, yeah. man, you didn't have to do that. That was unnecessary. Yeah, and, and you was, already made the big play. It was like 10 minutes left in the game or something, maybe even more. Like, yeah. It wasn't anywhere near yeah. the end of the game. I know they were down two possessions, but yeah, that was. Uh, no, but they needed that touchdown. They needed and... it, but it was like, would I don't even remember the situation, but that was already, that was a big place. So it was already going to be first and goal. Uh, to your to no, your, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it was point, right was after, very greedy. Had, yeah, and then, yeah, it was yeah. right after he, he flexed on Sneed. And man, that must I, I assume it lit something in Sneed because he's the one that forced that fumble after that. Yeah, something but in Flowers, just, too, where he's like, okay, greedy. I have to score this touchdown, I have to make up for that. Yeah, which he was kind of the mo- most of the offense, like he, I, he really was. He was, yeah, he was most of the yardage, uh, of the offense. Uh, yeah but between lamar's fumble and his fumble yeah he fumbled at the one and then then the next i guess it was the very next drive they drive down again and then lamar throws the uh pick in the end zone and that's what i thought it was game i texted you and chris and said that that's game uh and then it looked like they almost had another chance to do it so it's like yeah city just kind of stopped doing something doing you know stop their offense in the second honestly it seemed like their defense was exhausted by that point and i mean once kind of Lamar and the Ravens got their offense going a little bit, it was, you know, late in the third and it was finally the fourth quarter, but they kept making those mistakes, you know, with flowers and the interception and everything. And honestly, man, I, I I expected this game to be a little more competitive than what it really was. To be honest. um, I mean, you know, Kansas city wins 17, 10, but three points were scored in the second half. You know, I mean, that second half was, boring it was slow it was uh, well i take it back i guess the, the excitement came from really the like the turnovers from the ravens opportunities um but you know it just ended up making it kansas city's game by the time it's you know late in the fourth and like you said he threw that interception it was it was pretty much you know all she wrote at that point which is so annoying to me man i i mean i was saying it last week you know and i mean you know when you're when you're a really good football team when you're a really good player you draw as many fans as you do haters. And I feel like I've been just rooting against the chiefs. Honestly, I feel like I'm just tired of seeing them all the time, but man, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like we're just on fire. Kelsey was 11 for 11 with 116 yards. You know what I mean? Like 11 targets, just on fire. And he said, he set a a new uh, postseason reception record over uh, Jerry Rice, which is, great company to be in you know like now you're the leading receiver for postseason games that's insane yeah, jerry rice um, i mean he just has like every receiving record it seems like and being right at tight yeah. end and i mean it just shows you how how long the chiefs have been up there right you know, and i mean what an incredible AFC 10 seasons for for uh travis and, and everything you know just honestly travis kelsey patrick mahomes and andy Reid are just an offensive marriage that is perfect you know like it, yeah it, it, it's, it, it's hard to compete with that offense it was 
interesting for me to watch the game. I, I pretty much had my own opinions, uh, no commentators to sway that because I was in Cancun and for the life of me couldn't find the English version uh, of that broadcast. So I listened to it in Spanish uh, and it, it was fine. I didn't have oh, to mute cultural. it or anything. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's me, cultural. cultural. Yeah. And you know, immerse yourself in. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that as much as like I thought I was gonna have to mute it. I'm like, eh, it's not, it's not that bad. It, it, they, you know, uh, Spanish speaking announcers get really excited. And we all know that from yeah, right, yeah. Watch, uh, watching soccer. Um, but yeah, it was like in the second half. You know, I I agree with you. I thought it was gonna just be a back and forth shootout, and then the second half, the the Chiefs' offense couldn't do much, and their defense wasn't really shutting them down. I, I thought they were doing a great job for as much as they were on the field exhausted, but the Ravens kind of just drove down the field, not, not very quickly, but they, they would make good drives. And then all of a sudden balls fumbled. They just, they just yeah. uh, waited. And then they intercepted on the next play. It was kind of like that bend, but don't break. You just had to get that timely uh, yeah. interception. But no, and, and the Ravens were getting, what they got like three or four uh, like big yardage, plays big plays out of yeah. Kansas City's defense and Kansas City's defense was the they gave up the least big plays per yeah. game um so I mean the Ravens were definitely working them there especially in that that second half but they just couldn't finish yeah um I think it was a, a big upset Lamar just had a terrible game I know he threw a lot of yards in the second half it make it look more respectable but it just Seemed like he wasn't. Yeah, he still had like two hundred and yeah something yards. A couple of bad throwing, picks but... too. It just it it yeah. was very. I know a lot of people are making the comparison to Dak, um, his playoff performance because he should have. You know, they were favored. They should have got in there. But the Chiefs, uh, as much as you talk about Patrick Mahomes before this year, never played a road playoff game, and now he just won two and really. Uh, stellar fashion in Buffalo, yeah. you know, yeah. hard place to play in Baltimore, another hard place to play against two really talented teams. Um, yeah, man. Oh, I, as much as I want to hate them, they just, they played, they played such a great game. And I mean, I really thought uh, the, the Ravens had a real opportunity to win it, but they just, you know, they, they seem like they had together. a lot, a lot of opportunities. It's almost like by the end of it, it felt like they were phoning the it in. Half. They just yeah. couldn't finish it. Yeah. And then it was like, after, after not being able to finish a couple of times, they, they, it, I mean, honestly, it seemed like the team was kind of given up and everything. They even got a few like really silly uh, penalties, uh, you know, real close to the end of the game and everything. The, that, uh, what was it? The defensive offsides or whatever, where he just yeah. blew over the offensive lineman. No yeah, I think what that. he was trying to do there by looking at comments, like I said, I watched it in Spanish, but it was like yeah. they had the timeout, so we it was first and five, so it's like they're not in field goal range, they're not even close yet. So just let's reset it to first and ten. I think that was their thinking. Jump off sides, uh, get it to first and ten. Sorry, my phone's ringing right in the middle of this political call. Definitely not going to answer that. Uh, but anyways, so uh, rather than trying to stop them three times with five yards to go and wasting a timeout, if they stop them on first down, it's jump off sides, make it, give them five yards, make it first and 10. But, you know, they were just a little too aggressive and got the – I mean, they got what they wanted. They got to first and 10 but gave up 15 yards. Yeah. And, and that – I mean, that's a that's a big uh, break for your defense when it, it just kind of menta – your mentality there just kind of resets where there's not a – 
great chance we're gonna you know stop you three times and everything has to work out perfectly and that just kind of ruined it within reality it was just 10 more yards but uh yeah yeah you never bet yeah. against it so, and then so the lost. chiefs uh, and then patrick mahomes just dropped back and threw a dime down the middle of the field to to end the game oh yeah hit hit the oil company uh right right over the middle too man it was a nice pass um, yeah, ballsy play, but that's, away. I mean, yeah, you know, Andy great Reed, play call, honestly, because I, do I didn't, stuff like I didn't that. put him on, I didn't put him on a pass yeah. uh, for that play. I, I expected him to just run the ball again, but, uh, but yeah, man, he, he dropped a dime right there to Valdez Scantling and that's all she wrote, man. That was, that was done. It was, I mean, honestly, it was, it was a pretty good game. Mm. Uh, I mean, I wish it would have been a little closer, a little more competitive. I always like lead changes and stuff, especially in yeah. championship games and whatnot, but you know, all in all, I mean, as much as I hate them, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Kansas City's really like put it together. They're, honestly, they haven't looked better all season. You know, like they're they're playing some of their best football right now. It's hard. It's hard to bet against them. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely. The Chiefs this past, I mean, six years, and maybe it'll go longer. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, on the other side of the NFC, which I did not get a chance to watch most of this game. We had, like I said, we were in Cancun. We had dinner and a show, and, and, and I kept checking my phone, and I'm just like, yeah, the Lions are dominating. I, I do not want the 49ers to win this game. And then I look yeah. down, it's tied. I'm like, holy crap. And then by the time I get back to our room, it's uh, uh, the 49ers are winning. And, and funny enough, I found the English version of this one. So I actually got to watch the last half quarter or whatever in English uh, for that game. But, you know, what a – I'm trying to say like what a choke job, but again, I didn't see how they came back. If because the Lions didn't seem like they were playing bad after that, they just weren't. They just weren't getting honestly weren't getting it done. Yeah, honestly, I think Detroit lost this game more than like the 49ers won it. Um, I mean, like, honestly, like you said, uh, bad late game calls by down. Dan Campbell. I mean, as much as Dan yeah, Campbell has and, done, it, and it wasn't even necessarily a late uh, play calls and whatever. Um, th- this is this is the stat I want to talk about, right? Detroit first half, twenty-one carries, one hundred and forty-eight yards, three touchdowns, three different guys: Gibbs, Williams, and Montgomery. Right? Second half, eight carries, thirty-four yards. Yeah. What happened? Like you were running the ball, and I mean, if you're running the ball like that, I mean, just as as a football coach, as a football like old school as purist, whatever you know, it's like running the ball is the first step. You know, yeah. you run the ball to open up the pass, to open up the play action. And it's like, but my my thing has always been the same and, and I'll die on this hill, man. If you go out there and you start trying to execute the run and they can't stop the run, guess what? You don't need to move on to pass. Yeah. You don't need to move on to that second part because they can't stop the run. When they start to stop the run, you move on to passing and then you move on to play action. But you don't have to do that until they stop the run. And like the 49ers were just getting moved around that first half, you know, like. Detroit was playing really, really well, just running the ball. And I just don't understand why they decided to like abandon that. It was 24 seven halftime, you know? And I mean, don't get me wrong. uh, Brock Purdy played incredible, like Mr. Irrelevant who like this guy's playing incredible football and leading the 49ers in, you know, now two fourth quarter comebacks, you know, Green Bay last week and Detroit this week, but like, man, like the fact that you gave up on the run and then you have these two, two fourth down conversions that you failed to convert both in field goal range. Um, 
like I just man, as much as I like MCDC, I'm having trouble like being on his side and trying to defend him on this one, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like that that's a that's a coaching bulk, yeah, in my opinion. There are a lot of stats that, that you look at where you can say run or pass yards or whatever and, and be like, This is why they won or why they lost and and, and sometimes they're misleading like you'll see quarterbacks of teams who aren't doing well with a ton of passing yards maybe leading the league and then you're like well they're passing because they're down by so many but in this case there's no reason to stop running at no point were you out of this game until the like you know like the very end where you were trying to come back so it wasn't like you had to go away from the run because they came back or anything um what you know the late things i were i was talking about is i'm i'm fine with you when it was like third and goal i'm fine with you running on that play if you would have scored you would look like a genius whatever it didn't work out it didn't work out but the situation when you ran it forced you to use a timeout at that point it doesn't matter what you do you 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 score or not or whatever you have to get an onside kick and i'm never in favor of you forcing you know when you have an opportunity just score you have your three timeouts you just have to stop them once. I mean, the three times you just have to stop them. Just don't let them get a first down. Now we can say they should have kicked a field goal earlier. Like when they got in a field goal range, kick a field goal because they were down 10. You, ha- you just kick a field goal. Then you leave yourself a little bit of time. Um, right. Cause if you don't stop them anyways, you're going to lose. Uh, I, I wasn't that strict on it, but once you got in field goal range, my thinking was don't waste any time. Take three shots at the end zone right now. And if you don't get it, you don't get a kick and field goal. You're down by seven. You still have three timeouts. Um, but and then they went for it on fourth down, which I thought was a mistake. They ended up getting it and it, it looking well, looking good. But I'm thinking, if you don't get this, the game is over because now you only have yeah. two timeouts. Um, I guess you know they could have been saying, well, the 49ers had the ball in the one yard line, two yard line, whatever they were at. Um, if you don't get it, but still, you I mean you're relying okay on a safety then it's still a two possession game. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like he had a lot of different things going on in his head and I've never been a coach in football at any high level. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to make any decision better, but in the moment I was thinking, don't do that. Don't run. Like they were talking about, maybe he's going to run. It's like, well, don't run. Cause if you don't get it, you have almost have to use a timeout or yeah. let 20 seconds run off because as you saw, 49ers get yeah, you down there the guys reset. are just gonna lay yeah. on the ground like you yeah. can say well you're all right there just get up real quick spike the ball but why are the 40 why would that you tackle them they know the players know just lay down lay on these guys they're not gonna throw a flag you know just kind of yeah, right take your waste, time getting yeah waste like, a few seconds no rush uh not for you anyway i mean the offense is in a rush but like you're not but yeah but to your to your point they should have never really been in that situation you're up 24 to 7 you should never lose a game when you're up 24 7 yeah uh, i just later didn't understand game, why in that half. third quarter why do you change a, you don't need to adjust run. anything yeah. yeah you're scoring fine your defense is fine yeah and that's not even to say that like golf was playing bad or anything i mean he was throwing the ball just fine he uh threw for 270 something in the, in the end but man i just i you were running all over him you know and i mean like i'm just looking at this 24 points in the first half on 21 carries 148 yards three touchdowns Eight carries, 34 yards, you scored a touchdown in that second half. You know, like, I'm just, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like red herring or, you know, like, I'm just 
you know, making excuses here and tying things together that don't belong to be tied together. But that seems like a, a pretty big one to me. Like, oh, your offense was really clicking and you were running the ball and you scored a lot. And then why'd you give that up in yeah. the second half? I just, it just doesn't. I'm, honestly, I think the reason it upsets me the most too is because I actually think I picked the right teams to go to the Super Bowl, the Lions and the Ravens. And I feel like they both just kind of, yeah, they both themselves, you know, yeah, and, and in different, yeah, in different ways, in different ways, yeah, very different ways. Uh, but yeah, because it was all uh, working. The 49ers, they, you know, they just had to hold that lead. And a lot of times, when you don't play to win, you play not to lose. It, it's it, it, it's almost more difficult to play when you're ahead than when you're behind. Because when you're behind, like you don't have a lot to lose, you're just kind of playing around. But when you're ahead, you're like crap this might work we might actually do this and you know in that situation to, to take the lions to their first super bowl and well the first super bowl ever but their first you know championship game in a long time um in a game that you were not favored this team has been rolling over everybody else that you have to um know how to hold that lead and how to and i think he panicked and didn't you know instead of sticking to the run and what they've been doing well they you know, try to change it up because I guess in their mind, they assumed the 49ers are now going to adjust to the run. So now we're going to switch it up on them. And it just didn't, you know, it didn't work out for them. And then yeah. the I Ravens mean, honest, standpoint, honestly, just, they had plenty of opportunities to come back in that game. Yeah. I mean, honestly with, um, you know, Dan Campbell, it just makes me feel like, like pretty much like you said, like they were, it feels like this new kind of like, I don't even necessarily want to call it like a generational thing, but it feels like yeah. kind of the way coaching has evolved a little bit in the sense that it's like, normally you would have this situation where say, let, like, let's say you're on the three yard line, it's like second and goal. And it's like, you know, traditionally that's kind of a, a run situation. You would normally run the ball and it seems like coaching, you know, mentality thinking Especially now, after you pass like, the first and oh, second. since they know we're going to yeah, run the ball here, we should throw second. it that yeah and and in, in i most just don't agree with it but yeah in most situations when you're on the goal line i feel if you pass on first and second it doesn't work you, you would run but it, it, i mean the clock is a situation there i know it it's short and they're probably expecting i mean more times than not i know they're not saying it's going to be a pass no matter what but it it's expected that they're going to pass because of the clock. If they, you know, the run and don't get it, they'll have to use a timeout, yeah. which in that situation is bad. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it, you know, in, in those situations, I, I, I don't know if you, you can judge. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, but it did seem like a very coach thing to do. Like you were saying, like, this is just what you're supposed yeah. to do change things up yeah, third I mean, and third and goal short just run it in we tried passing didn't yeah. work i mean i like mcdc's like aggressive like play style and everything because honestly like we were when we were talking about it um and going for the two-point conversion against the cowboys and the fact that he did it was it three times in a row four times three, in a row three times three times in a row um like that that's ballsy that's pretty ballsy to go for it you know because i can totally understand going for it like the first time and you miss and then you just kick the pat or even going for it twice and you kick the pat going for it three times is ballsy but man the decision to not kick these field goals on fourth down you yeah. know the like like you're saying the decision to 
to run the ball with you know such little time and so close to yeah, the goal you, line. You take and, one of like, those away, and it seems like it could have been a different game because you very, throw very it, even so. if you miss it, you kick the field goal. You're still in the same situation. It's one possession game, but you have all three of your timeouts. Who knows? You don't have to. You could try the onside kick C, but you don't have to rely on it. You kick one of those field right. goals, it's a different game because, like, I know you can't just change something in the middle of the game and everything else turn out like it did turn out. I understand that. Like, you can't say you kicked a field goal in the first quarter, it's three more points because things changed. But, and it wouldn't, it was in the second half. But you kick one of those field right. goals, let's say now it's a seven-point game. So now you're going to tie the game. You're going for it, for it to tie the game or whatever. You make both of the field goals. It's a, you know, field goal to win the game. Uh, or, well, a touchdown to win the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's just lots of stuff. And, and of course, you're not going to let Dan Campbell go. I mean, he turned no, this franchise around in two anyway. seasons. There's no way. It's just Absolutely. Yeah. you hope when you have to go through situations like this, bad losses or bad collapses where the other team comes back, that they learn from that. And it, it doesn't because now we've seen it twice where, yeah, they got screwed one way or the other against the Cowboys, but it's not as cut and dry as you would have thought. But after that yeah. happened and you get pushed back because it was a penalty, um, you decide not to kick the field goal. And then Micah Parsons jumps off sides after he throws the interception. Like, that's the thing. Okay, you try it twice and it didn't work twice. That's when you're like, okay, but I guess they moved back up. They're like, okay, let's try this again. No, just kick the field goal. Take it to overtime. Yeah. You, they had the Cowboys numbers that game, uh, Cowboys number that game. Um, and then it's just these two games. Other than that, he, he's done a great job. And I No, it's been amazing to watch the Lions come from. And they have a lot. They have a lot of caps. From an 0 and 16 team like 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, and absolutely, you know, with. John Kentna is their quarterback and not a single win to, you know, like arguably Super Bowl contenders, you know, I mean, trading, away, trading away your greatest franchise. Well, maybe not great, greatest modern franchise quarterback in Matt Stafford and watching him yeah. go win the Super Bowl the very next year. And then you have Jared Goff and uh, he's able to take your team uh, to the NFC championship game and should have taken them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then, and then who totally knows? Agree. Yeah, so I mean, you know, good luck to them next year. Uh, hopefully, you know they kind of work out some of these aggressive call kinks and whatnot, and figure out when's the best time to actually make these play decisions and whatnot. But I mean, a, a big heartbreaker for Detroit, to be honest. But you know, Niners Chiefs, here we come. Yeah, and uh, we talked a lot a lot longer about that than I thought we'd be able to. We did a great job, and we were going to talk a lot about. Uh, quarterback contracts and what might happen but we may save that for a show here in a couple of weeks because after the super bowl you know things are gonna we're gonna start talking basketball or hockey yeah no <laughs> i mean baseball. as it stands right now there's there's only uh, a couple of guys headed for free agency and yeah uh, a lot of teams that, yeah a lot of teams that so. give extensions out but let's talk about these coaches that are that are left because uh, there's some pretty surprising names that have not been on a uh, that are not signed to an NFL team yet. Uh, a couple. Yeah, we've got got yeah. three major head coaches still available in Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel, which surprises me. Yeah, we've only got two head coach 
openings yeah, left in the league Pete in Carroll, Seattle and Washington. Yeah, and I think Pete Carroll will probably just stay in the front office. I know he's technically still part of the team, but he was looking around to possibly make a change. Uh, I think he'll probably be one of the, I mean, say odd man out, like the other two have to go. I mean, there's lots of other options um, out there, but I think Belichick is a big surprise because it looked like he was going to go to the Falcons and for a little bit, probably the Cowboys, although the Cowboys, you know, weren't really interested in letting McCarthy go. Yeah. Um, honestly, it, it makes me wonder just because, uh, like you were saying, I, I thought Atlanta was probably the best landing spot for Belichick. Yeah. And then they seem to move pretty quick in uh, hiring their uh, new head coach. I can't uh, quite think of who, who it was that they uh, picked up. But, yeah. Uh, they they took care of that pretty quick because they I feel like they interviewed and hired him within a week, you know. So um, and it I, makes me wonder, like Belichick maybe retiring? I, I, maybe. Um, I think he probably wants more control than yeah they sure. might let him. I mean, because you saw the GM part of Belichick not do do very great the last few years, not do very well right. with uh the quarterbacks that they, I mean, he just, just terrible pick. I mean, of course it, at the time they don't look like terrible picks, but you know, I thought sure. Mac Jones wasn't a great pick as high as he went. Um, then you saw Zappy do pretty decent in a couple of games while he, while uh, Jones was hurt. And then he just kind of went out nowhere. I mean, of course he, yeah. before that Cam Newton was, was going there and it just wasn't working out that, I think Belichick's uh, leg. I don't know about his legacy, but his his reputation might have taken a little bit of hit seeing Brady go and succeed. Yeah. And then it's like it's pretty obvious it's it was Brady, not Belichick. Note. Yeah, not that it, it throw. Like I said, not his legacy is tarnished or anything. Like you have to be a talented coach. I don't care if you're Tom Brady in any roster, you're not necessarily going to yeah. win a Super Bowl. But um, I think it did hurt him a little bit where he he hadn't been able to get the Patriots back. Yeah, they've just been trending downward since Brady left and Brady goes and has success. And um, I think Belichick just doesn't want to be a coach. He wants, you know, not necessarily to be the GM, but have a lot of power. And, you know, some, some teams don't necessarily want to bring that in. And, you know, then there's all kinds of arguments and controversies over player personnel and, draft picks and yeah. things of that nature. No, I totally agree. I, I think, I think Belichick's definitely one of those guys. And I mean, to be completely honest, I, I think he's earned it, but I agree. Yeah. I think there's a lot of coaches that come in different uh, teams wanting different levels of control over the team, whether that's, you know, ad dropping personnel, whether that's, you know, having a certain percent of the vote when it comes to drafting guys and whatever. Um, you know, but I, I definitely think Belichick wants to be like heavily involved in those aspects of the team and not just in the coaching. I, yeah. I think he wants to say in who's on the roster um, and not just in like the final cuts of the roster, but like who they bring in at all. You know, like whoever is going to you know, audition or try out for the team. I, I think he wants, you know, say in who visits his house, you know, um, I don't know that he's going to get that out of Seattle or Washington. Um, 
honestly, I think the best bet that he would have would probably be Washington. Seattle just signed their head coach too. Um, Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw that. And yeah, I don't think there's any chance now he goes to Washington just because there aren't any rumors about it. I I don't know that it's necessarily. um, Honestly, as much control as Washington might give him. I just, I don't know that they have what they would like, what Belichick would like need to succeed. You know what I mean? Like, I think they need to do some more building before you could really do something really successful with that team. And it's going to take at least probably two seasons yeah, to get to that point. I think Belichick, at least, I don't necessarily know he's come out and said it, but it's, it seems he's looking for a talented team that was underachieving. Um, that's why I thought the Cowboys might. I, I don't necessarily – it's not fantasy football. Where you yeah, that would be in, – In whatever, but – uh, that's why the Falcons work. I mean, they have some talent. They haven't done really great, but um, I didn't expect him to go like to Washington or, or a bottom feeder. I mean, he's up there in age. I, I don't know in his mind how long he wants to coach, but I can't imagine him really wanting to rebuild a team for, you know, three to five years. Right. Spending, yeah, spending all that time. Because honestly, I totally agree with you in the sense of like, it, it honestly feels like Belichick might have retired even already if like Brady would have stayed in new England a little longer, whatever was going on there. But I, I definitely think like Brady left and it kind of showed that it wasn't just Belichick's system. It was yeah. Brady's, you know, tenacity and grit and intelligence. And I mean, everything about him, he's the goat um, that, you know, really helped elevate new England to the uh, tyrant that they were during that, you know, 10 year period or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately it just, I think it puts a kind yeah. of a sour taste in Belichick's mouth and he doesn't want to go out on these losing yeah. seasons that he's just had the last, you know, three, four years. I think he wants, like you're saying, like to find that team that basically just needs a little Cause lift up, you know? It, um, and it, it's yeah. not as simple as saying it was Brady, not Belichick. It, it was a combination of both. And Brady went into a good situation, Agreed. brought Agreed. talent with him. And when you lose your Hall of Fame quarterback and then you're going to the subpar, you're in that that what are, that zone of in-between quarterbacks where you're just hoping your draft picks hit. You're going on retreaded quarterbacks like Cam Newton yeah. and, and hoping you can pull some of his success out. And uh, and really, they didn't do terrible the first, you know, the first few years. They were, you know, made the playoffs one year and the couple of years are sure. kind of into it. And then this year they you know, would they win like two or three games? Um, it's it's not that simple, but yeah, it, it does show where Brady can just go to a different team that he specifically picked out for that reason. Um, you put, you know, Brady on Washington, it, it wouldn't have turned out the same way, but he goes out into the sunset, wins, you know, plays them their three years, makes the playoffs three years, wins the Super Bowl, and it's the opposite for Belichick pretty much. Um, I think, and Vrabel might be a you know another case of this where I'm surprised he didn't you know get a job. I thought he was kind of the top, the top of yeah, the list. Same as too. same as Dan Quinn. I mean, I I think he was looking to move on, like he's fine staying where he's at, but he wanted to. That one also really surprises me. I can't believe, like, I mean, he's been a top candidate and interviewing yeah. with like all the teams and, and everything, but and like one, now he's in one wow. game. It's like. I, I think it's starting to Dallas, wear off. Wear off. Where I'm fine keeping Dan Quinn. Like really, 
it was one game. It is what it is. He made a mistake going to zone yeah. when they've been playing man all year. It It is what it is. I don't think that game stopped it. But what I think is happening is we're seeing this transition um, as where we saw with questionable calls we talked about earlier with the Lions. And, and the NFL is just going to a younger coach where they're getting less yeah. and less power within the organization. Um, and then, of course, Andy Reid's still winning and winning and winning. But looking right. at, you know, all these different, you know, the the 49ers, the Packers, uh, the Rams, like everyone's having success with these younger coaches, new schemes. And that's all they're doing is coaching. They're not, you know, they're, they're right. coming off, they're coming from these same coaching trees. And I think you're seeing a transition in the league where um, it's a different, type of game now and oh, I, agree. I think a lot of coaches aren't transitioning as quickly as they would like they're they're using hey this is what works and um i think when we were talking with, about dan uh dan quinn is is kind of the same way he got outsmarted by lafleur um yeah and you know whether it was you know his fault or not did he lose that game for that or did that defense just do terrible or did the offense just take care of take care of business a little bit of both but um i think where that be- thing with belichick is the team has to give up con- i think has to give up control for three to five years to to bring him in and maybe that sets them up great for the future maybe it doesn't maybe it just kind of you know takes on that because you're not getting these terrible teams these bottom feeders that say what the hell why not why not try it and see if you can set it up you're getting these teams that are kind of on the cusp, thinking they're pretty close. I mean, the Falcons were close to making the playoffs just because they play in a bad division. But when you're kind of in that middle of the road, you're like, hey, we get the right quarterback. We have the great a great offseason. That puts us right in the driver's seat. We don't have room to take these kinds of risks. And I think it was a combination of Belichick not willing to go to a really crappy team and these teams not wanting to give up too much control is, is why he's available and and really wanting a younger coach as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like when you when you definitely have like those middle of the road teams or those teams that like just missed the playoffs yeah, and even like lost in, like that first round. Yeah, I think it's so easy for way. fans, for coaches, for the GMs, for everybody to be like, we're one player away or we're one coach away. You know, it's like man, we if know we that better than running back. We had the right quarterback. You know, yeah, Cowboys fans where yeah, in the last. You know, 25 years, they've only had a couple of losing seasons because Romo's gone down or Dak has gone down. <laughs> they're winning 8, 9, 10, even, you know, 12 games. They're they're right there. They're not bottom feeders. But then we're always picking in the 20s in the first round. And when we don't, we get Zeke yeah. at number four. We get Mike at number 11, I think. I mean, when you get those yeah. good draft picks, that's like sometimes it helps those teams to, you know, I know we're getting on a different subject, but. Right. Uh, it, it, being in the middle of the road, you you have a choice. Like sometimes it'll work out. Like the Steelers are able to do it and have winning seasons every year if you nail the draft. But it's you're gonna you have to go one way or the other. Every team in the middle feels like, hey, we're just right there. We got to do this, do that. I think we can make a run. Um, which are probably closer to you know winning three, four games and having a top five pick than winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Oh, man, it just, 
I feel, didn't mean it feels like that's always about the, the Cowboys. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. But I mean, that, that's exactly how it feels like every year for the Cowboys. It feels like we're all, we've always been like that, like, like that middle of the road, middle upper class. And we're just that one player away. And I just, I, I know that's how other teams and, and everybody yeah. in the off season feels. And, and I mean, not to mention the fact that you also have players that, you know, come and go in the off season as well. Um, and so you're looking to kind of replace those guys or, you know, at least fill in that gap you a little pay, bit. You know, you always, quarterback, if the quarterbacks play well, like you always want your quarterback to play well. Right. But at the same time, well, I mean, in three not, years you get like you might also, but you might also need like your coach to kind of revamp your offense because you lost a certain player. Now you need to work your offense a little bit differently or your defense or, you know, whatever it is, you lost an edge rusher. And so now you got to scheme a little bit differently. And, you know, so everybody just always kind of feels like, man, we're just like that one player away. And, or that one every coach. year, I feel, I feel like I've been doing that for like 30 years now, you know, with the Cowboys. I'm like, please, just I know we're so close. Can we just do it one time? Just one time, please. Yeah. Um, back to Belichick and, and the Falcons. I don't you know, I have no idea if it's he wanted too much money or whatever. But if he was just going to be a coach, like, yeah, why wouldn't the Falcons just do it? I mean, that seems to be the coaching turnover nowadays. Three, four, five, six years. Uh, whereas, hey, just let him be our coach. Let him coach the team we're putting uh, putting down, uh, I just think Belichick wants the power. That's why yeah. I would probably no, I totally never work agree. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be able to coexist Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick. No, um, I, I said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe yeah, Belichick that, takes that's a year honestly off why, and comes back next year. Yeah. That's honestly why I was saying like maybe Belichick retires. Maybe he does take a, a year off or two. Um, you know, he pulls up in his football bar in the way, uh, well, you don't see him because we know Brady is going to be a, a Fox commentator now. You don't see Belichick doing anything like analyst because he's he just seems so dry when he talks. It's oh, like, for sure. Yeah, Be- Belichick's not going to have a podcast anytime soon. I mean, if he wants one, we would gladly offer him I would, a spot I would to be listen, a pod- I mean, podcast, but yeah. he just seems very dry. Maybe that's just him being a coach uh, in the National Football League. Maybe, like, he gets out of that. Yeah. He can talk, you know. You don't see many videos of, you know, Belichick having a beer with anybody else. I'm sure it happens and maybe he just, you know, shoot the shit. He's really cool and has a great personality, but it just seems, uh, it it, it seems that like CBS or Fox aren't going to try to get him as an analyst or anything like that anytime soon. No. I mean, honestly, even, even if they did offer it through a night, I just, I don't necessarily see him taking on that kind of role. It just doesn't strike me as his, his kind of thing, but um, I saw somebody man, say I mean, he should almost, go to college football, and era. I thought that was, I mean, somebody might let him be a college coach. I I, I have no I mean, idea. honestly, maybe. I don't know what his ambitions are as far as continuing to coach and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean. I don't know what it would it, take. It, it would it honestly like be crazy. A college I mean, coach would take a lot, a lot um, I mean, more effort. I'm sure, I'm sure it does, but. That's a, that's a very different seven, show. Seven managed. managed. Yeah. Um, but guys, we're almost out of time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sports Page. We'll be back next week talking Super Bowl and maybe some other stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and follow. Until next time, it's Dan. I'm Ashton. We'll see y'all later. Bye, guys.